Ocean FM Donegal Plumbing and Heating Old Lahey Road Donegal Town Suppliers of underfloor heating packages Aluminium radiators Samson and Daikin Air to water heat pumps And all your renewable needs And sponsors of the Donegal GAA Podcast It's just fabulous to see him alive and up and picking her up The thing about the club is you don't choose your club <laughs> um, it's, it's like family. You want to get back out on the field. It's just uh, it's, it's in your blood, I suppose. And you just want to get out there now and get the games going again. Brian Murray, let me shake hands with you. You come in here hobbling. How are you feeling now? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'll tell you nothing about a couple of pints, won't you? I'll tell you, you know. He gets a bit behind it. He launches it in. It's over the bar. The wee man from Chipchar. Well, you're all very welcome to the Donegal GAA podcast here on Ocean FM. Connor Breslin here on the newest edition as we kickstart the comp- competitive inter-county GAA season of 2023. This Sunday, Donegal will welcome the Kingdom and reigning All-Ireland champions, Kerry Tobacool Park, Bally Beaufet, where manager Paddy Carr is looking for his first win of the year as the new boss of the Chirconnell men and throw in for that game is at two o'clock. A lot of talking points regarding both teams. So to, to discuss the match with me is the same individual who kickstarted the 2022 Donegal GA podcast with me last year and will be in the Twin Towns covering the game. And that is Column Keys of the Irish Independent. Column, how are we? How are you, Connor? Thank you for having me on. Not too bad. It's probably a bit late now to uh, wish us a happy new year, but I hope you're keeping well all the same. Keeping all keeping good and looking forward to a, a trip to Donegal to see see both teams, really. I think uh, I think they'd be uh, much changed from what we would have been used to over the last number of years. And I think particularly for Donegal, the, the post-Michael Murphy era will be fraught with danger and Maybe even some doubt along the way. I think it's uh, I think it's a big campaign from that regard to see who the who the leaders for Donegal to step up really will be. Absolutely, it's going to be great to get the probably full time competitive inter county season going. I say that with no disrespect to the McKenna Cups and the McGrath Cups or anything like that there, but of course there's such onus this year on the league etc. And it'll be great to get that started this weekend. Column just before we start. We did talk about the GA calendar starting uh, this weekend. That's not entirely true. Of course, many of us steeped in GA football uh, would have already known. We've been enticed with controversy over the last week or so following the All-Ireland Club final between Kilmacrud Crokes and Waddy Grahams. Now, the joy of podcasting is that there could be new information emerging once this podcast airs. But just for the moment, what are we looking at? Where are we standing at the moment between Kilmacrud and uh, Waddy Grahams of Glen? Well, Glen lodged their objection to the result on the basis of Kilmacrud having a 16th man on for those few seconds in the dying stages last Sunday. They lodged that objection late on Tuesday night. And that objection has been forwarded uh, to Kilmacrud Croaks, who are considering it and will obviously reply or counter-object to that objection uh, in the coming days they have until till Saturday to, to do that. I expect they will do it by sometime tomorrow, maybe even earlier. And I would think Kilmacud are on the brink of making it clear that uh, 
They are not interested in a replay. I don't think the mood, from what I gather, Connor, earlier in the week, and there's nothing to suggest that's been different, is that there's not a lot of appetite for a replay. Kilmacud don't believe, from what I gather again, and they have made no official position on this, that they did a whole lot wrong. They feel they did not have time to get their player off the field. And if you look at the replay of it, uh, the player, Connor Casey, is running on when the kick is taken. And Darren Mullen is parked on the on the goal line. And the question is, does, does Darren Mullen know he's the player coming off? Has he seen his number written? Has he heard his name over the tannoy? But when he does come off, I think the general feeling at that point is that the officials should have ordered a retake at the 45 when they realised the player had come off. So primarily, Connor, I see this as a mistake by the officials. However, collective, it would be obviously the referees involved because they must know that the substitution, that there's a transfer and it hasn't been completed. But having said all that, that's that's one thing. And I, I don't believe uh, Glenn have a major grievance. They have a right under rule to um, to lodge this objection. But is it a grievance or is it a, a sense of injustice like, let's say, Louth felt in 2010 against Meath when there was no recourse for replay once Meath did not offer, when there was no recourse for replay under rule? But their sense of injustice was far, far greater than this because it actually played out. The game played out and, the four, and from the 45, a shot went wide. So we saw the impact of it. Now you can say, well, maybe the impact of the line of vision for the, the taker, in this case, Danny Tallon of the 45, prompted them to go short rather than put it into the box. I don't know, only he knows that, obviously. And only Dara Mullen knows why he didn't come off either. Maybe he didn't hear it. He was the player that actually uh, cleared the ball at the end of the line, at the end of the uh, Cairns O'Reilly's game in the semi-final. He was in the exact same position and it was him cleared it off the line for Crokes to win that game or uh, avoid a draw as it was at the end of that game. So obviously, memory being what it was, he placed himself in there expecting to be in the same position uh, to clear if he had to. So all of that, we don't know what was what was uh, in their minds. Having said all that, there were 16 men on the field for whoever short, and it's the safeguarding of the future of the rules why a replay is very, very much at stake here. Setting aside Len or their sense of grievance or whatever it is, they have a right to object, but it's, it's the preservation and the safeguarding of rules around numbers on the field and substitutions that must be sacrosanct in the GA. In the same way that the rules around time that cost probably cost Clare and All Ireland uh, title in uh, hurling title in in 1998 when Jimmy Cooney blew time up early. There's a few minutes left in their semi final with Offaly. Clare were winning reasonably well, although the time was coming down. Uh, oh, the, the score they were getting closer roughly in that game blew up short it was clear the replay had to be ordered and in this case I feel a replay probably will be ordered but I'm not sure whether Crokes will play it there may be a sense that you can have the cup if you want and I think this could this has the potential for, for stalemate more than a replay right now and it just leaves a, a terrible aftertaste overall Is is are we almost entering the realm or is it still a bit kind of a, a lazy throwaway line to say that Kilmacud are the villains here. It seems like the villains were the association, the GA, for what they did to throw it back in Glenn and put it in Glenn's court. I mean, we 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 have people at top level in the association to make these decisions and for them not to do it, it's it's very 
it's just very immature nearly so it is well i don't think uh villains i can't see uh, that's probably i'm not i'm not so sure you'd use it in that realm connor i think kilma could certainly uh is is the onus on them to get the player off the field yes it is but also the duty of a linesman and it's stated in the rubric is to control the substitution area so there is a problem in the ga in that players can come off can run onto the field before another player has come off so obviously that that's going to be looked at um that's going to be looked at the, the way the substitution transfer it's going to obviously take longer to get a player off the field you're going to have more delays more time at the end of games that's going to be the the long-term outcome out of this whether the ga should have gone and taking the lead on this on Monday morning, probably so. I think it was serious enough for them to so to 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 do that. And they may have got away with a farm. They may have the outcome at that stage may have been a fine. But now that Glenn are objecting, it just creates a different dynamic. Um, but I think they wanted to guard against the precedent here of being forced to launch investigations into everything around this. But I do think the rules of specification around team numbers and substitutions must be safeguarded against future abuse. And because it's an All-Ireland final, it's at the highest standard. It's the club game, but it's the highest standard of the club game, and it's far more likely to happen in the future, in future club games. And this is the biggest club game of all, an All-Ireland final. And they really must be seen to be acting and dealing with this in a very rigorous way. And that's unfortunate and very tough on Kilmacrud Croaks who I feel deserve to win the game. And I think deep down, Len probably know that too. Yeah, absolutely. And well, we hope on, on Sunday we don't have similar controversies and there will be uh, a, a resolution to that coming up. Looking ahead now to Sunday column, um, between Donegal and Kerry. Firstly, you were down at the press conference with Jack O'Connor down in Kerry. And we've come to learn that Kerry will be missing two-thirds of their All-Ireland final winning team with players such as uh, Jack Barry, Tom O'Sullivan, Tyg Morley. They're, they're all missing. Am I right in saying? No. Uh, oh, they're, Connor, available. The, they're available. They're and- available. The players that are available for Kerry are def- primarily defenders. Jason Foley, Tom O'Sullivan, Graham O'Sullivan, Tyg Morley, and midfielder Jack Barry are available from They're the All-Ireland available. starting right. team. After that, obviously the two Cliffords have been rested now. Sean O'Shea and Stephen O'Brien are recovering from uh, knocks and injuries. Uh, so too is Paul Ganey. He had a procedure, I think on his ankle, but I'm not sure. Dermot O'Connor in the in the, um, in the the McGrath Cup injured his ankle, badly damaged ink, ankle ligaments. He's out. Breno Beglig is out. Gavin White has a long-term injury. He may not see a whole lot of the league. Um, so that's primarily it. They're the they're the ten. Uh, Dermot O'Connor, two Clifford, Sean O'Shea, Stephen O'Brien, David Moran is retired, of course, and then Breno Begley, Gavin White, and Shane Ryan is resting. The goalkeeper is resting. But having said all that, Kerry still have deep resources here to put together a very strong team um, to go to Bally Buffet. Shane Murphy will be the goalkeeper. Um, you have obviously the defenders we mentioned, Morley Foley, Tom O'Sullivan, Graham O'Sullivan, added by probably Gavin Crowley, who's always been pretty close to the team, and maybe Mike Breen, who was actually on it in 2021. He played against Tyrone in the All-Ireland uh, semi-final, got a bad injury last year, missed out on last year. But for mid-Kerry in the Kerry Championship, 
he was very, very progressive. So there's another defender straight away that, that is likely to be in. They have a guy back called Ronan Buckley who played in one of Peter Keane's, I think it was his middle year 2020, played in that game against Cork. But he's been playing for East Kerry and Lestrade, the team that David Clifford's Fossa beat in the uh, Kerry final. And he's a very decent midfielder too. They also have Stefan O'Cunbar. He could feature alongside Jack Barry, one of those two. And up front end of the two Spillans, they have Dara Moynihan, Tony Brosnan, Michael Burns, and probably Rory Murphy, their under-20 midfielder from last year. Now, I'm only guessing that's a likely team. Maybe maybe it doesn't come to that, Connor. But that's the type of calibre of player that they'll be bringing to Donegal, which is a reasonable set of resources. Now, it obviously gives Donegal an opportunity, or d- depending on the team that they can put out, because you know, you've no Cliffords, you've no Sean O'Shea, you've no Gavin White. Good you're opportunity missing, to take two points. You're missing really. some. You're missing some. Obviously, you're missing the best of the Kerry players here. There's a, there's five there that are probably irreplaceable. Straight off, five that are irreplaceable. Maybe the next five are more replaceable. But the Clifford, Sean O'Shea, Gavin White are primary players for them. And obviously, David Moran has has been hugely influential as well. And I think Dermot O'Connor is a player that's coming all the time. Uh, I think his second half of the All Ireland final last year showed the influence he he has on, on Kerry as well. So they're going reasonably well equipped given that they're missing 10 players. They have a lot of backup who have a lot of senior experience over the last few years. And can we take much out of the games we've already seen from both Donegal's point of view and Kerry? I mean, we know Donegal didn't have a great McKenna Cup game. They didn't win one. And Kerry following that, they lost by 12 points to Cork in the McGrath Cup. So we can't really look into, into this too much. It's really the season starts this weekend. I mean, just going by what Paddy Carr was saying as Donegal manager, he was almost trialling the McKenna Cup, giving players a chance, using it as challenge games. And I know Donegal, as we were saying off air, had a few challenge games against Meath, etc. already. So it really starts this weekend, doesn't it? Well, it does, but I think the McKenna Cup and the uh, McGrath Cup are still some indication of where teams where teams are. Largely, you can't completely ignore them. I know they're glorified challenge matches and you know managers will trial players and they do have that cushion to say, well, we have been trying players. Straight up, Jack O'Connor said they are behind the curve. Uh, they are well behind on their training, where, certainly where they were last year. It was a new management last year. They were trying new things. So they sought, they went after every game. Uh, Kerry had conceded, I think it was, Connor, five goals within 25 or 30 minutes they, whatever it was, they actually more goals. They, they conceded three goals in last year's throughout the campaign. That included three McGrath Cup games, eight league games, five championship games. Three goals is all they conceded. And one of those was a penalty against Monaghan that should never have been given in the first place in a league match. So that's that's where they were defensively last year. So it probably shook them up a little bit to concede five five to, uh, to Cork as they did but on Monday Jack O'Connor stressed he says we have been training very very hard to try and catch up they were on a team holiday that went close to Christmas they obviously weren't back training until after the new year or after Christmas uh, collectively anyway they've left it late to come back it's clear that they are not in pursuit of the league like they were this time last year they drew in their first game to Kildare and then they went and beat Dublin and they were very annoyed with the performance in Newbridge last year. I know that. And the kickback was they went and beat Dublin very convincingly a week later in Philly. I just don't sense the same emphasis is on the league from, from Jack or Kerry. They're looking ahead. 
to a much more concentrated championship campaign in 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 April and May that they would be that they would not be used to with the new format obviously that we'll speak about later. But that that is obviously a, more, a, of greater concern for them now right now. And I think getting rest into players like the Cliffords and Shane Ryan and these guys who have had long arduous campaigns. David Clifford has played thirty, been involved in thirty four games since this time last year when he was playing through college and everything like that. So he's in need of a break. So is Paddy Clifford. He didn't have a college campaign, but he's played in just as many games for club, district, and county. And all told, there's a lot of wear and tear. We seem to forget that so many layers in in Kerry between district championship, uh, the county championship, and the club championship. There's three different championships. Everywhere else has only has only one. And the way it's structured as well, that there's teams playing in junior or intermediate because they only take eight clubs at senior rather than That's 16. It. So That's the it. chances only, that only... these teams will make yeah. the monster final or go beyond at intermediate or junior level is well, more Well, all likely. you have to do is look at the Fossa with the 11th carry winners of an All-Ireland Junior Championship that is not two decades old. And the, the 11th, the 11th uh, first-time winners. There is no, there's no real repeat business in this, although some some have re- repeated All Ireland wins. But by and large, you win a junior championship and you you move on. Uh, so they've had 11 different winners. It just shows you the drop down from that from those from that very small number of clubs in the senior championship. Because obviously the 16, 17 teams sometimes, but 16 teams as there was in Kerry County Championship this year. But eight of them are regional teams, district teams made up of junior and intermediate clubs. So eight senior clubs and the rest are the district clubs. It, it allows for a lot of football, Connor, down in Kerry, obviously, a lot of football that day and they're playing right up to, right into December. The good side of it is they get a lot of games, they get a lot of, you know, they, they get used to playing in all sorts of conditions too. But the other side of it is the build-up of injuries and the requirement for, for rest after that. And that's having, that's going to have an impact now in Kerry over the next few weeks. Moving to Donegal, and we we know Donegal have some injuries as well, some setbacks, players missing. Um, we we can speak about that as well. But just for the listeners of this podcast, maybe sometimes being from Donegal, we can have tunnel vision. And if Donegal win on Sunday, they're the greatest team in the world. They're going to win the All Ireland. If they lose, they're the worst team in the world. They don't know what they're doing. As an outsider looking in column. Are Donegal still a threat? I think they're less of a threat. You, you would get that sense that without Michael Murphy, and it's not just what he gives you on the pitch, it's the symbolism of Michael Murphy stepping away, I think is 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 the big question here. Uh, I would have thought, I've watched him since he came in in 2007 and given his level of commitment to Donegal and everything he brought and the leadership and and all of that, I thought he'd have to be scraped off the floor of a Donegal dressing room, to be honest. I thought that's the way. I I, I would definitely never have factored Michael Murphy uh, quitting inter-county football at this stage. I thought he had more to give, and I thought he'd give it for another at least two to three years. And then he'd probably, and he could have even doubled up as player manager at some at that stage. You can't say that about a lot or of any players, but that's the sense you had about, about Michael Murphy, that he would continue playing and we'd be back to the era of the 1970s when there were so many player managers that he would be the one that could actually fill that. Such was his devotion, commitment and knowledge of uh, Donegal football. But it hasn't happened. So that's 
that's a shuddering bolt for Donegal football, I feel. Coming on the back of Neil McGee. Now, Neil didn't play a whole lot last year and even the year before he got his injury against Tyrone. Um, he hasn't played much. But again, another seismic figure of Donegal football gone out of the dressing room. So this is a new era. This it's is very much a new era. It's even being a presence there, even if you're not playing. For sure. Yeah. There's, a, there's a comfort of Neil McGee being around the place that Donegal would have been able to draw on. And that's not there. And obviously it's not there for, for Murphy. So it's up to others to fill the leadership void. Patrick McBrearty is the captain, nearly 30 years of age, and now he's only captain. That's because Michael Murphy filled it for so long. I actually said it to you last year, and I did believe this. I thought it was time to move the captaincy on so you could get that responsibility into somebody and maybe prepare for the post-Murphy era. Didn't think it would come as soon as this, but obviously he's been leader for so long. There's a huge leadership vacuum there now, but others will step up. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ryan McHugh, Owen Van Gallagher, uh, Patrick uh, Patrick McBrearty and Hugh McFadden will 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 fill that role. But again, uh, there is that doubt there overall that they can that they can make quick gains. I think this will be a, a long, sp- slow process to rebuild for Donegal. My own sense of it is they're in a battle for survival with Roscommon and Monaghan. I think Galway Mayo, Armagh. Tyrone and obviously Kerry will be a bit ahead of them in the league and they're in a private three-way battle. I could be wrong and maybe they'll get a result on Sunday that will transform everything given Kerry's losses. I don't think so because uh, Donegal have their own losses to contend with too but I do see it as a three-way battle to avoid the drop to Division 2 at this stage. I was going to say that that when we started this podcast Last year, the opening uh, episode between yourself and myself, we we did say maybe take the captaincy off Murphy because he was at such a high standard that if they put the responsibility onto other players, they might step up. And a year later, he's he's gone. Yeah. So it's almost uh, careful what you wish for if you're a Donegal fan to a degree. Well, I, I don't think you'd wish for him uh, leaving the team, but certainly to hand on the responsibility of captaincy would be just, it It would be a, a bit of a statement, not that you're taking anything away. And I wouldn't. it couldn't be seen like that. It was just sharing that responsibility. He would always be the natural leader anyway. But by giving someone else the captaincy, you are elevating them in terms of leadership a place that wouldn't be have been far off Michael Murphy, even though he would have been the spirited leader. Um, so he, he was on his own and out, out on his own in that regard. But I'm sure Patrick McBrady would step up quick and he will have Ryan McHugh and Owen Van Gallagher and these guys to uh, to assist with him. Obviously, one player I really like for Donegal and have done for the last few years is Michael Michael Langan. He's a very, very stylish, very elegant footballer, catches well, carries well, kicks very well. And I believe he's missing from the from the action on on Sunday, and possibly Sean Patton too. So, given his range of kickouts and his delivery and all of that, two very significant losses. Another player I would have thought, and you're looking at them over the last few years and saying this guy really has to come. And in the absence of Murphy, you say, well, maybe he'd be the one. Oshin Gallon, and I believe he's out as well. So he's one you would certainly have thought could have made gains, given the promise he showed a couple of years back. But he's he's not there too. So obviously Kieran Thompson, another fine long range kicker. So they are as much as Kerry are missing ten players. You can probably draw on about five of Donegal's better players too that will be missing, and that's a problem for them. It leaves them weakened somewhat, and it leaves this game very much in the balance. But you would think with Kerry's little bit of greater strength and depth that it, it might be a winning start for them. We um. 
we're, we're very bad, I suppose, so far this year. With Declan Bono was there in his last year of putting pressure on the management team. And there seems to be untold pressure put on Paddy Carr before he even starts a full competitive match. I don't know if that's because maybe a lot of people not fully steeped in the GA knew who he was, but it seems to be untold pressure put on this this man who, who put his hand up and took the job and no one else would. Well, that's the thing, Connor. He put his hand up and said, Donegal, we're in a bind because obviously Rory, uh, Rory Kavanagh was the heir in waiting and the full expectation was that Rory Kavanagh would be taking this job after the Donegal County final and then he was out of the race. And that was mid to late October. So Donegal were in a bind and obviously that process could have gone on for a number of weeks only for Paddy Carr said, look, I'll step in and, and do it. And he's an All-Ireland winning club manager and he's managed loud. Obviously, he's been out of that level of management uh, for a while. I happen to know Paddy Carr. He's a very optimistic person by nature but obviously they've had a couple of indifferent results and there was doubts marked against them straight away obviously because Kavanaugh was expected to take it so in one respect he's probably done done Donegal a favour if Kavanaugh was resolutely not going to take the job and I'm not sure of the background to that someone else has stepped in and he should be given a chance he's facing a very difficult challenge obviously because he doesn't have Michael Murphy to draw upon um, and he is facing a challenge. And I feel that Donegal over the last couple of years, certainly since the Cavan Ulster final defeat, have stagnated somewhat. And I don't think they've been on a progressive graph at all. In fact, I think it's safe to say it's probably been veering downwards in the last in the last 12 months, that they have certainly not been at the standard they were up to 2020. Yeah, and again, we, we talked about him stepping in late the the retirement of of Michael Murphy, and we know how hard this league is going to be. So we talked about Donegal's ambition is probably to just stay in the league for the moment and see what they can build on for the championship. He's only been given, I think, a one-year contract with review, Mm. which seems very unfair if you're a manager that you're going to be reviewed after just one season. It does. Uh, It doesn't show a lot of faith with that timeline. Perhaps Paddy only wanted that. I don't know what the circumstances are, but normally it would give a manager two years uh, in that respect. Brian Cody only used to ever take a year, but that was Brian Cody. That's a completely different different scale. I'm only saying that just in jest somehow. I think it's very, uh, I think it's very difficult for all the new managers that Paddy is in that position because I said, you know, Donegal were in a bind here. What are the other, the people who are critical of him, what were their solutions for it? That's the question. At the time, what did they think should have been done? If Rory Kavanagh was not taking it and Carl Lacey or whoever he had, what was the option? He's a good coach with him, Aidan O'Rourke. I believe the feedback is good about Aidan O'Rourke. He's a lot of experience with a lot of teams. So from that point of view, Aidan would have good know-how for Donegal. I think the greater factor is Murphy's absence. And I do detect, and even from yourself, Connor, a little bit of pessimism about it around. I do think they're in a battle, and I think survival in Division One would be a great outcome in this league for for uh, for Donegal. I don't really see how or why they could set their ambitions any higher. If you were being thoroughly pragmatic about this, because I think Armagh are ahead of them at this stage, and obviously the championship match last year, not in Ulster, obviously, but. The championship match in 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 Clonus in the in the qualifier reflected that. 
I think Galway are ahead of them. Tyrone, again, seem to be getting a bit of an edge on them again. Um, and I think Mayo are in good good shape, even though they're missing Oshin Mullen and Lee Keegan, who has retired. And then, of course, you have Kerry. Kerry will will survive, and Kerry will probably thrive by the end of the league. Maybe they might win their the middle set. The middle stretch of their league campaign is difficult enough with Tyrone, Armagh, and a trip away to to Mayo for Kerry. So that's a difficult stretch for them. But I think they'll finish well. I think this, as I said, I think it's a three way battle to survival, and maybe Donegal can edge that when it comes to it. Absolutely, Colm, Final talking point we just want to go through. Um... Many for people that may not know, it's it's worth knowing. Uh, it's worth trying to sink your head into something new. And I think sometimes in GA we don't like doing that. We sometimes stick stick with the status quo. But talk to me about the format of this season. It's very different with a direct rule between the league and championship. Uh, the league is given added significance, as we know, and um, that feeds into championship standing. From my understanding so far, you'll definitely explain it better than me. There's a lot of links to it, but each county is guaranteed at least four championship games with one in, th- in the provincial championship and three in the group stage, which is either the Sam Maguire Cup or the Talchin Cup. Now, a lot of people may not have known that. They've known that the provincial championship was going to be there, but it's group grouped teams now when it comes to the championship, but you might uh, dwell into that a little yeah, bit. So, Connor, you, ha- you have it there. It's a minimum of four games in the championship. The, the provincial championships will play as we know them, albeit in a much more condensed time frame. That's the second week in April till about the first week in May, and all the provincial championships will be completed. Now, the primacy of provincial championships is still there because the top two teams, the winners... And the runners-up in the four provincial finals will be the number one and two seeds in the Sam Maguire qualifier group. So no matter what division you are in the league, if you reach a provincial final, if you win it, you're seed one. If you're runner-up, you're seed two, irrespective of anything after that. After that, then, the third seeds will be the next best four teams placed in the league. Probably all division one teams. So likelihood is... Let's say Donegal, from your perspective, don't reach a provincial, uh, but finish sixth. They're likely to be third seeds in one of these groups. They could be fourth seeds if they were relegated and enough uh, teams from lower divisions reach provincial finals. They could come in as fourth seeds, but they'll be guaranteed Sam Maguire football, given that the even even if they're relegated, they'll be considered a top t- 10 team because the bottom two teams replace the top two teams, obviously, in the division in terms of order of order of merit. But uh, the real battle for the championship placings, uh, Sam Maguire placings, is probably at the bottom of Division 2 uh, because that's where it gets very, very tight. Uh, already, the Connacht, one of the Connacht, sorry, there's four Division 3 and four Connacht teams on one side of the draw. So one of them is guaranteed to come through and reach a Connacht final and get Sam Maguire status. Let's say it's Sligo. Could be Sligo, could win through those four with Leitrim, London and New York on their side of the draw, play one of the big teams in Connacht. They could win it, but likely outcome is they lose it and they're in as number two seeds. And that means that they replace one They replace one of the Division 3 finalists. And Westmead are also guaranteed a spot. So if they don't reach the Leinster final or Division 3 team, it means that both Division 3 finalists, irrespective of whether they win or lose, 
will not be playing Sam Maguire football. So that's a slight anomaly in this whole system. Um, league placings are very important. The further down you go in Division 2, they're going to be very, very important. It could The difference between finishing 6th and 7th or 5th and 6th could be Sam Maguire or Todson Cup status. But as you said, through May, early May, sorry, mid-May through to mid-June, you're going to have three rounds of qualifiers where everyone gets three games before there's a second and third place playoff. The winners of the the winners of the qualifier groups go straight into all Ireland quarterfinals as we know them. And then the second and third place teams in the qualifier groups play off to join them in all Ireland quarterfinals. So there's a lot more games. If you take the league preseason and championship games in their entirety, hurling and football, there's almost five hundred intercounty games. It's a huge package. It's 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 much expanded. And in a shorter season as well? In a shorter time frame. Obviously, this is the intercounty season is running seven seven months to the end of July, from the beginning of January, including pre-season. But if you take it from now, end of January to the end of July, you're looking at a six-month run of games, and it is very concentrated. You have the Division 4, sorry, you have the, the league finals are on on the first weekend of April. A week later, there's 18 teams out in a first round of championship matches, including all the Division 4 teams. So, irrespective of who's in Division 4 uh, final, and it'll probably be in a Saturday in Crow Park, a week later, they're out in the first round of championship. It is not ideal uh, that there is no separation time-wise from league and championship. And it just shows the condensed nature of the inter-county season and really something more is going to have to give. My own feeling is pre-season will be gone in time and the league will start earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And and almost takes a little bit away from a team that does get to a league final that might want to win a trophy. It does. If you're, if, look, if you take Division 4, Division 4, well, really reaching a Div- Division 4 final and contesting it on a Saturday in Crow Park could be the highlight of the season, more so than losing a week later. And yet, you feel an obligation to suspend celebrations or whatever might happen after. Very important fixture like that to concentrate on a league game that you may not win. It's it's just not ideal that there's no extra week between these two competitions. I know they're linked, but they're different competitions um, with different goals for different teams. And as I say, Division 4, winning a title is the biggest thing. Okay, the Taunton Cup is there to challenge for later for a lot of them. But you have a provincial championship there and you could be playing a very, very strong Division 1 or 2 team a week later. And uh, you know, it, it probably takes from... Yeah. reaching a league final and it's 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 just not an ideal system I think personally pre-season gone start the league a week earlier and finish the whole championship bring the All-Ireland final into August and I think you have near perfect solution Yeah I think when it comes to these formats it's you nearly have to just play them out I, I'd be jotting down notes and I still can't get my head around it but well, it'll come in time so it will Colm final question you're travelling up north on Sunday 2 o'clock Donegal v Kerry Who's going to win? Uh, I think Kerry. But I don't say it with huge conviction given the quality of players they're missing. The top five, the Cliffords and Sean O'Shea and even Stephen O'Brien, David Moore and Dermot O'Connor uh, and Gavin White have probably mentioned seven there now. Uh, but uh, I think Johnny Gall have a chance. But ultimately, I think Kerry's reserves will still just be enough here given... The quality of player that Donegal are missing too. Patton, Langan, Kieran Thompson can kick those long-range scores. So, all told, uh, I think a Kerry win. 
Absolutely, we're just going to have to wait and see. Column Keys of the Irish Independent, thank you as always for joining me on the Donegal GAA podcast and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Connor. And that's the end of the show. My thanks to Column Keys of the Irish Independent. Remember, Donegal versus Kerry this Sunday at 2 o'clock in Ballybofay. A huge thanks to our listeners on Ocean FM and across all platforms and to Austin O'Callaghan for throwing out the show to perfection in such rapid time. From me, Connor Bresen, I'll say bye for now and talk to you very soon. Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps and all your renewable needs. And sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast.